Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Hello, Melissa. Good afternoon. How are you? We're coordinating our outfits. That just worked out real well and we didn't even know it. No, I know. It's like we're at, it's like the time when you came to see me at my shop and we were wearing matching outfits. Remember that? (laughs) So if you all are just joining us for the first time, I am Megan Holmes. I am sitting here outside of the city of St. Louis, Missouri in Kirkwood at my needlepoint shop, uh, the Needlepoint Clubhouse. I was about to say I am STL Needlepoint on uh, social media, but we are actually the Needlepoint Clubhouse. And together with my friend over here who is perfectly coordinated with me. And, who and I are- match my walls. So um, I'm Melissa McLeod. Normally I am airing from the wool and the floss in Gross Point, Michigan, just outside Detroit. Today, I am fortunate enough to be at my lake house, um, surrounded by lots and lots of Needlepoint. So um it, it, won't, it won't matter that I'm here. I do have two dogs in my recording room with me, so we're going to hope that they don't bark, but I think we'll be okay. Jealous. If anybody's been following us for a hot minute, you know that my children are a solid 10 years younger than Melissa's, and so I am just doing like back to school. She's doing first jobs and all the other things, and so that's just as stressful but we've, uh, we've had, well, I wouldn't say just as stressful now, because you can, in the end of the day, you're like, huh, it's their problem, not my problem. They're 21 years old. They're 26 years old. Like you help them out. But in the end, you can kind of pass. It's mentally off. taxing, but it's not boots on the ground. I'm boots on the ground and mentally taxing right now. So, but anyhow, so we are here. It is August, what, 20 something. And kids are back to school here, but it is hotter than blazes. And um, we are comfortably indoors, ready to talk about some needlepoint stitching. And so again, if you followed us for a hot minute, you know that Melissa and I, uh, oh, what have you got? Like a beautiful lake view. I don't even want to see it. It's 69 degrees and sunny. Oh my God. It's 95. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Um, but if you follow, again, if you followed us for a hot minute, you know that Melissa and I take turns interviewing people in the needlepoint industry, whether they are designers or um, auxiliary support to the industry. Uh, but then every once in a while, we get together and talk about uh, some sort of a topic that we both want to banter about, I guess, for lack of a better term. So today we are talking about um, managing large needlepoint pieces. And as I said to Megan, this probably isn't the sexiest topic we've ever talked about. <laughs> but as a shop owner, um, she and I both get a lot of questions from customers when they get larger projects. Like people know how to handle an ornament. like. And there's still options with ornaments, but especially larger pieces, it just becomes a little bit more of a logistical issue. And um, both of us, neither one of us go by rules. There's no needlepoint police. There's lots and lots of different ways to do things. And every way you do it, there's different pros and there's different cons and there's no right answer. And sometimes the right answer for one project is the right answer today. 
And I think you even talked about this recently, because the first thing we're going to talk about is the really basic of just roll it up and stick it in your purse. But then I think you had to roll it up and stick it in your purse that then you put on a frame. So it's a, it's a work in process. It's of, you know, it flows and it's fluid and you do what you need to do at the time and whatever works best. So I think uh at the end of the day, my dad hates that at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, at the end of this episode, our hope is that you, that Melissa and I are able to talk about our perspectives on a topic and that you are able to grab a tip or two uh, based on our own experience or just some ideas that we have. And so again, there are no needlepoint police. I always appreciate you saying that Melissa, because it is absolutely true. There are also, this is an art and not a science. And people ask me all the time, like, how do I do this? And it's like, well, there's a hundred different ways to, I always hate this term, like skin a cat. You know, people say that there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. I mean, it's true. There's a hundred different ways to tackle the problem. So we're just going to kind of dissect a few things and hope that you grab a tip or two and try it. There's really no harm. You're not going to ruin your needle point. If you put it on stretcher bars and then you say, oh my gosh, I hate this. I want to put it on scroll frames and switch it. The, the, the worst you're going to do is spend a couple extra dollars, but you're definitely not going to ruin your project. So sure. what's the first thing, Melissa, get us on track here. Yeah. So I, because I'm at the cottage, I have lots of needle point that's been living here this summer. Some of it going back and forth with me. So here's my first project all rolled up into a little tube. So this, um, oh, should I ask you? I've still been stitching every day and you promised on our last joint episode. Please. The next day, I think it was like at night and I was trying to figure out where the school, why the school supplies hadn't gotten to the school yet that I ordered online, et cetera. And I was like, I go to bed and I'm like, no, there's no way I'm pulling my needle right now. So I appreciate that you are doing that. And I think there's a ton, a ton of value in it, but I have more value sometimes in just saying, Enough. Well, yeah. and I, I do believe that I said something to you about like, yeah, summertime with kids at home might not be your best window to try to tackle this, but um, is let's be honest. I'm just doing the best I can. So anyway, you were so on I, 50 something. Yes. I've shown this piece off quite a bit because I have basically, I'm very fortunate when we come back and forth to our lake house, my husband loves to drive. So I get to sit in the car and I can stitch in the car. I know not everybody can stitch in the car. I can stitch in the car, but it has to be 13 mesh and it has to be kind of simple stitching. Like otherwise I get seasick or I screw it up or something. So this is my roll it up um, piece. And literally that's all kind of, that's all I've got to say about that. I literally just roll it up. I do have some so, stitches on here. Okay. Wait a second. We, I have a couple questions about this. First of all, whose canvas is this? Um, this is a Melissa Shirley piece and I'm color changing. Um, yes, it is Melissa Shirley. Um, I'm color changing it. Some of the things slightly to match some decor at my house. That's why the blue is going kind of from more turquoise. I love, uh, and the background. So the background's a little darker. I see a bird, which is darling. Do you know what kind of a bird that is? Well, guess what? It doesn't matter what kind of bird it is. Cause I'm changing it to blue to match my bedroom. <laughs> I was going to laugh and I was going to say, because I'm changing it to a dog because I love dogs, but well, that would be better, but (laughs) I'm not that talented. Okay. So this is your roll it up. And so the point that I think you're trying to make here is that this is a rolled up, by the way, you're stressing me out because I think you've rolled it up so that the stitching is on the outside. I do. 
See, there's no rules. You roll it the other way. Giraffe. I roll it the other way so that the stitching doesn't, I don't handle it. Like I don't, when I carry it. <laughs> so again, Case there are eight. no rules. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be I, honest, I don't use, when I, on my roll it up thingy, I don't use any clips. I don't do anything because I just assume that I'm holding it in my hand. But the one thing I do, and obviously I'm a little more concerned about this than you are, which is shocking actually, is I don't really love handling my things. So a lot of times when I'm doing a roll it up in hand, I use that, um, press and seal. It's like a, it's a saran wrap press and seal. And I cut a piece. I'm even kind of weird about it. Like I'll even cut a piece that like exactly fits the stitching mostly when it's light colored. So like if I'm doing a white background or a cream background or a tan, you know, or something yellow that I, I don't want to, I don't know, rub up against something or even rub up against my hands. Cause I'll be honest, I'm also not good about washing my hands every single time I pick up my travel piece. Um, so anyway, so that's, that's, and so I think to your point, this is like the low maintenance, large piece. The other thing that you do, I've noticed, I think you do, um, this cause I've seen pictures of things. Um, you use a needle minder on your roll it up. Don't you? Oh, I do. I do. And I don't, I don't do that only because generally my roll it up is getting in and out of, I'm taking it in the car. Yeah. And I've had a number of times where my needle minder attaches to the car. You know, I think part of it is that my needle minders bring me so much joy because there's some little doodad there that I just love. Or in the case of the book, story for your needle point. <laughs> say that again. Story for your needle point. Exactly. Just like the Beauvoir, you know, pieces are just so pretty and it just makes me happy when they sort of coordinate colors or, but also I am the queen of losing needles. And so having an extra couple needles on my travel piece, I usually do, especially if it's a really good, strong needle minder, I'll have a couple extra needles on it. So if I drop one, um, but typically my roll it up in hand piece is large enough that it kind of like the needle minder rolls up into it. So it's not like it's gonna attach to something else or fall out. And I've been, I honestly keep um, berating myself because I've been living dangerously. Do you see this one little lonely needle here? Uh, it's but usually this is in the car and I'm actively working on it and I've got five more in the back seat because I'm on the way to the cottage because I am definitely someone who works on multiple pieces at the same time well in addition to that we've suggested in the past and I actually do this but then I forget to redo it like I'll throw a 20 and a 22 needle in my change purse in my wallet so hopefully you've got your wallet if you're on the go and then um also a needle case where you can keep snag nab it in a couple of different sizes of needles are either on your keychain or on your you know the pole of your bag or in your car or wherever so so let's talk really fast about pros and cons of this because i think that's kind of the important so if nobody's ever um done a roll it up not on a frame some people have never worked on a frame some more people have never not worked on a frame so i love not working on a frame for a couple of reasons first of all it gives you a lot of flexibility like this I think this is a 10 by 10, maybe. So this is probably a 14 by 14 canvas. Like that would be very large if it were on a frame. Um, you know, if you roll it up, yes, I roll it up on the outside. I, you know what? I think this is rolled this way because this is how it came shipped to me. And I just never thought about it. But guess what? You can do that and stick it in your purse. I usually do keep this in like a, either 
something. A proper project bag or a Ziploc bag, you yeah. know, but it can yep. be crammed into something to be kept clean. So it's super flexible, gives you more flexibility if you're traveling, if you're on the go, if you live in a small house, like, I don't know. The downside to it is um, I, I don't usually ever show off the back of canvases because I'm not that person that judges that, but I am a basket weave stitcher as opposed to a continental stitcher. So mine stays fairly square um, because a lot of my background is going to be basket weave. There are some decorative stitches, but if you don't stitch on a frame, it can end up being trapezoidal and then you're going to need to have it blocked and to Megan's point, doesn't stay as clean, I am sure. Um, which also might require some back-end maintenance. So I think there's a lot of cons um, and there's also a lot of pros, but do you have other cons that you can think of? And then well, we'll talk about the them. con that I was going to say is to your point, what you made earlier, which is that one of my roll it up and throw it in your bag pieces, I decided at the very end to do some ribbon work. And I'm not as talented as Melissa is with ribbon work and I really need both hands. And so I had to then try to put mine on a frame to just finish it up. Um, which I guess isn't really a con. It's just that I couldn't finish. I couldn't finish it in its current state. You um, changed modes. You changed your plan because initially you weren't going to do ribbon work on that. So no, you no, I wasn't. And then everybody, everybody, meaning some of our audience, was like, "You have to do ribbon work on that," and some, you know, stitching friends, etc. So. so, and I would say the pros are the flexibility. Um, also, if you are someone who scoops or does the sewing method or whatever term you use, where instead of pushing and pulling your needle or poking like lots of different terms, you can go in and out of a hole in the same motion. So for many people that's faster. Um, I saw a post recently and I thought of you, Megan, because someone said, someone posted on one of the needlepoint groups, are you a, are you a poker or are you a scooper? <laughs> and, uh, I had, so I posted and I said, well, I scoop uphill and I poke going downhill and Me you and do. I the same thing. Like we can't quite get our tension right scooping and the downward motion for a basket. Yeah. Only and I also up. think some people turn their canvas so that they can scoop downhill, but like, I just, I just can't. I just and I've still done that and it still doesn't look right. So yeah. So again, I'm beautifully inconsistent. So what can I say? Sorry. So that is the like the basics. Um, one thing that I will say, this canvas actually came to me I'll be honest, I got this on a destashing website. It came to me um, with the the twill fabric on the oh, sides. Nice. Uh -huh. um, so people that um, sometimes I know with people put things on a frame, if the canvas doesn't come taped from their store or the designer or whatever, they don't worry about tape on a frame. You will always want to tape an in-hand canvas. So if yeah. um, your canvas comes to you and it's not from somewhere where it's already taped. You will want to either do this. I don't even know how you do this because I barely use a sewing machine. Um, I mean, I kind of get it, but you know what I mean? Um, but I think so on a bike. Yes. And, but artist tape is very easy to come by. Um, we sell it at our shop. You can buy it on Amazon. You know, I, I don't know if you sell it, Megan, but um, you will always want to tape your in-hand canvases because the canvas will continue to fray. It'll continue to catch on your threads. It'll make you nutty. So Right. Um, that was one of my notes. So I'm so sorry. My allergies are awful. Um, so I do that some of the time. I also frame things a lot. So this 
is a larger piece. I didn't measure anything, so I'm sorry about that, but you can see by it next to me, this is the Raymond Crawford reindeer portrait. Um, and this is framed. Sven, or is it, was it Heidi that named him Sven? Uh, Heidi named him Sven. He's technically called the reindeer portrait, but Got Sven's it. a much more fun name. And this is our friend Heidi at Chaparral. Um, I am using her stitch guide. I did an online class with her back in January. Um, you can see it's uh, not really had that much progress, but I love him when I get him out. But I tend to be an in-season stitcher, so I'll stitch him more in November and December. He's so. beautiful. So do you remember why you chose to put him on stretcher bars opposed to not putting him on stretcher bars? I personally think for me, now one of our very good um, industry customer friends, who's actually my son's landlord, um, she is an outstanding stitcher and she knows who she is. Um, she is an outstanding stitcher and she rolls everything up. Like she does decorative stitching, beading, ribbon work, like sky's the limit. And every single one of her canvases is rolled up. I've never seen her work on a frame. And I'm just amazed by her that her, the quality of her stitching is so good. But anytime I would take a class um, where you're gonna, going to have a lot of decorative stitches for me personally, I would put it on a frame because, um, the background is a strandable um, cotton, I think. I can't really remember right now because I haven't worked on him in a little while. Um, and so I would tend to use a laying tool for that. Um, and I can't remember if there's ribbon work on here or not, but there's a lot of decorative stitches. So if I have it on a frame, I can either use a frame weight on a table. I can put it in a system four stand and we'll talk about this in a minute, but it gives me the use of both of my hands. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're... I also think that when you're doing a lot of strandables and open stitches, the canvas isn't as durable. So I worry about catching it, you know? So in other words, like I don't want to roll it up on top of itself and I don't know, it just feels more delicate to me. Right. Yeah. And I guess that is a point when I do my roll it up canvases, I tend to do it um, well, generally on things that are either going to be full coverage, but like I had Alicia's lace on that but I was using silk and ivory. I was using things that aren't pliable, that are a little sturdier. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the, I tend to use the thinner bars. They're called minis. I call them this usually very technical term, skinny and fat. So I tend to use the skinny bars more often. Um, they only come to an 18, I think this is a 16. They come as high as 18 and they're every inch from five inches up until 18 inches. Um, a downside to the skinny bar, uh, the big upside to skinny bars is if you're someone who's holding it as opposed to putting it in a stand, it's I think it's much on your wrists. Yeah. Um, if you are someone who maybe doesn't pack the car yourself and you have things on larger skinny bars, they can break. It doesn't happen often, but if someone shoves your project bag into the car, these might snap in half so that, so if it, I get to be 18 by 18, sometimes I go to the bigger bars. So, um, so I do have something on bigger bars and these are just the standard bigger bars. Um, so this is a larger Melissa Shirley piece as well. Um, and this is on the bigger bars only because this is longer than this side is longer than 18 inches. Yep. So for me, and I don't know if you have an opinion on that, the difference between the skinny and the fat 
um, I, I tend to do the fatter bars as needed. I, I try to default to the skinny bars personally. And I'm exact opposite. I like the fat bars. And the whole reason is because I started using them and I'm practical. So to me, I wanted to just keep the collection going. Right. So I didn't want to have like two different kinds. Now I do. But at the very beginning, when I very first started using stretcher bars, I used all regulars because to me, I, I can't even remember how I got my first set, but it was, oh, once you get this, then you can add this to the others that you have. And so it was just part of the collection. And I just wanted to be able to interchange them. But I do like the skinny bars, particularly for small projects, because I feel like it's just, it gives you a little more space on the edges. Um, but, yeah. but we're here to talk about big, big um, projects. And so I don't necessarily have an opinion other than what do I have available to me? And I agree with you that they're much lighter. So and for anyone who um, has not worked on a frame or is a newer stitcher, these bars are sold two to a set. So this bar and this bar came together and this bar and this bar came together. So what Megan is saying is if you have a whole bunch of these and then you go to frame something and you might have a 16 in this size and an eight in this size, and now you can't get your 16 by eight canvas, which is a really weird size why I picked those numbers. I don't know. <laughs> But you can't no. come to mesh because, you know, they, you can't cross paths here. Right. So. And then there are people who also use, um, we don't carry them, the Evertype bars. Um, and Very difficult to get right now. They're hard to get, but um, you also cannot uh, coordinate. The, you have to have all Evertypes, all minis, all regulars to, in order to like have your collection so that when you go to your stash and go to put something on bars. Um, so truly, I really think that my own, my, practical brain was like, well, I want all the same thing so that when I go to put them all together, but I don't think it matters. Yeah. And I think I started out with the regulars because back in the, the old ancient times, they didn't make them right. Like the skinnies, they only made the regulars. But as soon as I figured out that, um, and actually, you know what I stitched for, I I'm, this is literally just popping into my head. I stitched for a long time when I was younger without bars. And I started the one of the first like real classes I took in my late twenties, just like you, you would get really better results if you put this on bars. Cause I was using all sorts of decorative stitches. Yeah. But anyway, so I had regular bars for a while, but then as soon as I found out that the skinny bars were lighter weight, that, that made a big difference to me. I've had like wrist issues and carpal tunnel and different, you know, events over the years. So I kind of switched over and now I use the fat ones um, when I have to. So I would say pros and cons. Um, oops, why don't I get it right set up? Um, that this keeps your, your canvas very taut. Um, it makes it easier to lay stitches. It makes it easier to do decorative ribbon work. It makes it easier to be like all the things that having two hands is really helpful. Um, a negative is, you know, this isn't gonna go in my suitcase very easily. This is, you know, the, the entire height of my torso. So, um, anything else about stretcher bars? I don't think so. Well, okay. So, and you can put lots and lots of needlepoint jewelry on here. I think I have two different, uh, usually on a larger piece on a frame, I'll have two or three different um, needle minders, For which sure. gives you a spot to put your pincers and your needles and all that good stuff. So, um, I'm just going to check my notes and see if I wrote. So the skinny bars only come up to 18. The regular bars come up to a, the, the fat is what I mean by regular. They come up to a 28. 
So, um, but after 20 inches, they only come in even numbers. So fat bars, you can get five through 20 and then 22, 24, 26, 28. I'm so right. glad you're doing all that math because I know all of that information, but I would not have been able to regurgitate that. So thank you very much. Well, we always say you're the color girl and I'm the number girl. So okay. we have our roles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the dilemma comes when, so, sorry, let me back up a minute. So I have done Christmas stockings on bars just like these. And the problem with that is and I, I should have brought a Christmas stocking with me because yes, I might have one on bars that's not done. Um, you literally can't reach the middle very easily yes. with a full Christmas stocking. And sometimes you end up flipping the canvas over to do the topper and you're stitching kind of upside down, which is fine, but requires a little ac brain acrobatics to keep up with it. Um, so there are many people that will either stitch a stocking in hand they will stitch a stocking on a large frame, but then you know they get frustrated because they're like, I can't quite get my hands around to the right spots and all that things. So they will look for alternative ways. So I think to me, there's kind of, there's scroll frames and I don't know if we should talk about the scroll frame first or not, but I think we're gonna talk about this one next because these are my pile next. This is my nutcracker that I'm working on. Uh -huh. And yes, he looks like the headless nutcracker right now. Yep. Um, I was going to Florida and I did not want him on a giant frame. Hmm. I couldn't pack it in my suitcase. I think he's 24 inches tall. So I think this canvas is 28 inches. And okay. so I'm like, I need something I can put in, in a carry-on bag on the bottom of my bag. And so I will use scroll frames. They're not my first love. I stitched on them for a long time, um, but you can't get them quite as tight as you can on a regular frame, right? Um, so this is kind of like, I'm trying to say a word that's a naughty word, so I don't want to, a halfway okay. solution. <laughs> um, so what I did was I dug into my stash and I found some used bars and some little holes down here. These have been used before. That was close enough for him. And then I took my wonder clips um, and I love these little guys. I, I'm sure you carry them too. A lot of people use them for finishing. Um, the bigger ones on those bigger. I think you get more taut. It's they're stronger. I like the, like the two inch ones. Isn't that funny? Cause I use those when I stitch belts and okay. for some reason here being on this frame, I liked the little ones better because I didn't really care if this was taught. I just okay, wanted to. And I'm like totally waiting for you to open this up because I'm going to tell you what my biggest like fear and pet peeve of is this, of this situation you have going. So go ahead. So like I said, none of, there's no ideal and perfect solution. So, so you are not tacking him down through the middle. No, he's three ways that, and that's a da big downside. So I think on him, because I'm not, I'm doing some shadow stitching, I would be comfortable putting some tacks like from here to the edge, but that's only going to be like one or two more. Yeah. But I like to put a tack in the middle of where I'm going to stitch because it can distort the holes. Yeah. That freaks me out. Like when I see somebody that has tacked it across, even though they haven't done the stitching yet, I'm like, ah, and that only is a great idea if you're doing full coverage stitching and because you know, I don't think people realize all the time that a needlepoint canvas is woven. Like I always do my fingers like this. And so that means that like, 
zhuzhes back and forth. Like it is not, it is not like, what am I trying to say? Like completely positioned here forevermore. Like right. you, the, the thread, the needle point thre or the canvas threads will move. Exactly. And so I also have to explain that to people that I, that don't understand why particular threads aren't good for particular, um, uh, mesh count. So in other words, like if you're using an 18 and I'm sorry, I'm digressing just slightly, but I think it's to the point. So like, if you're using silk and ivory on 18 count, all your stuff's going to start going because it has to make room for it. It's just like that tack. The tack is thicker than the hole in the canvas. So it's like opening up a little bit. So it's never going to be, it's never going to be the same again. And like, I was waiting to see if you had tacks in there. Thank God you don't. <laughs> so the downside to it is this side is completely open. So this is yeah. not as long tight as it should be. You can kind of see it moving. It's also probably I've been working on it a lot lately. So yeah, it tighten yeah, yeah. it up over time. Um, sure. But I would never put the tacks across the top personally either for, you know, lots of, lots of reasons you're, yeah. So um, the downside to this method for sure. Well, the upside is it's smaller. It's more manageable. Um, it was great for me for traveling. The downside to me is number one, you only have three sides tacked or you have a fourth side tacked and you're maybe distorting your canvas. <laughs> um, you can't look at the whole thing at the same time. Oh, so I you have to, go ahead. So you just have to have a little more visual memory. Um, in well, terms you shouldn't of need to see on a piece like that, you're probably working in a section that has its own stitches that you don't really need to see the whole thing, um, would be my guess. I'm waiting though, for you to talk me into the reason why I would do this opposed to just using a scroll bar, scroll frame. Cause I still think for me, I can see more. So here, here's our scroll frame example. I still can see more of the canvas at the same time because no matter what, like I picked enough that it's taller. So okay. I can look at more of the canvas at the same time. To me, this size, being able to see the, more of it. I also, despite the fact that this has been traveling around with me and it's a little wonky and it needs to be tightened up. Generally, this three-sided tacking to me is still tighter than a scroll frame will be. So my only argument, and you know that there, again, is no right way, but right. it's way easier to tighten the scroll. For, like as it gets loose, it is way easier Perfect. to like undo the wing nut and like tighten it in a quick fashion than to have to untack everything and retack it. And you, you know yeah, what I, mean? and I don't like doing that, which is probably why I haven't done it. Right. right. Um, but I haven't redone it since I started on this and he's, you know, almost halfway stitched. So the other thing, um, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but so I want to just point something else out. Like Melissa is historically a stapler and I'm historically a, a, a tacker. I like tacks better than staples. And again, in this particular situation, if you notice, she has not used staples because you can't move them in and out and adjust that as frequently because I don't think anyone's really traveling with or has a staple gun. At the regular <laughs> with them in their suitcase. <laughs> this guy's been on bars for a long time and he's stapled and he's a lot tighter than he is. So for me, the staples keep it tighter longer. But again, that's a personal opinion. Like Kelly, who works for me, is like, I don't ever staple anything. Neither and do I. I'm with her. But 
Um, so she doesn't understand it all. I think it stays tighter, longer stapled. And if, I rarely have to redo a stapled piece. This for, for sure will have to be redone, but I picked the tacks because it's going to have to move. And just to clarify to anybody who is um, new to needlepoint or has never heard of anybody talking about stapling their stretcher bars, I just, uh, just to back up for a second, like the point of this podcast is to help people enrich their needlepoint experience, but also for anyone who's new to try to learn. And so that's why you'll hear us oftentimes like backing up and trying to explain the whole thing. So um, when we talk about stapling, like we're literally talking about like an industrial staple gun, like a staple well, gun I that's used for like upholstery, right? but not upholstery size staples. Correct. Okay. Thank you for, yes. I think, I think they're JT ones. I can't remember. It's what we use in the shop for all of our customers. I'll be honest. My um, old owner had been there for 30 years before I had, and she's like, I wish I'd never started stapling canvases for customers. She's like, I didn't know that there were, that tax were an option. And, but tax give the customer a lot more flexibility because at midnight, if they want to put something on the, their bars, we're not open to help them. So, um, so we don't, don't, we don't staple here. We don't have a staple gun. I, we make people take out their own staples because it is not easy to get your thing back off of those staples. Um, but that's another story altogether. But the point yeah. is you, I was just trying to tease you a little bit because I know that you're a historic stapler and that piece is not stapled for the very reason is my guess that you can more easily pop it in and out and also like tighten it and staple it er, and tack it down. Because um, I know I'm going to have to move it. And I was, I going to have to move it when I'm in Florida where I don't have a staple gun. Was I going to have to move it where I'm at the cottage where I think there is a staple gun, but there are upholstery weight staples, which I'm not using on this because you'll right. never get them out. Right. Um, if you actually have the lighter weight staples, they do come out pretty easily. So that's your customers maybe aren't you, the ones who you said they have to take it out themselves. Maybe they're out of the them staple them. game. Hands washed of the staples. So <laughs> like I don't use them. I'm not going to be an expert. Use on that. It. Not pulling them oh. out. Don't know about oh. it. Don't have enough brain power for that. But um, I, I, uh, I, I see what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. It does not work for me. But I also am not working on massive pieces like you are. So well, I need to just bump the brakes on my opinion making here. Yeah. So as we said from the get-go, not none of these methods is perfect. It's always what's perfect for that situation on that day. And That's then right. so I'm hoping that this is a segue into scroll frames, but that yes. means it's not. But so I want to pop up here. I might very well the this is all going to be bullion knots. Are you out of your mind? The entire <laughs> section right there is going to be bullion knots. They might be fake bullion knots. I haven't quite decided. I'm, I I have a vision, and I'm not sure how I'm going to accomplish it. So that area might end up with me putting it on a scroll frame, so just that size shows. It might end up with me rolling this stuff up. I haven't quite figured it out. You want to know what but, the main solution to that would be? Some eyelash, like up and down, quick, tall, long and short, and some lots of like the rainbow eyelash, just like. Well, I'm writing a well, stitch. More creative guide. and better stitcher than I am. We're, we, well, I wouldn't say that. I'm not saying yes to that. I'm saying I'm writing this as a stitch guide. And so, you know, as, as a shop owner, you do some, some learning. So 100%. So wait, 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 hold that up. Hold that up. Cause this is going to be my segue for you. And whether you like it or not, I'm taking, I'm taking over this little section. Okay. So what width do you have him on the bottom part? Like what's the, what's the V I like to, I call it 
here's my point. I call it the viewing area. So your viewing area is probably, is that a 14 inch? Um, I think it's 16. So it's just like a little over half. So what you were saying earlier is the visibility. So we sell um, system four scroll frames. Mm -hmm solutions, I think is the way they call it, because there's a lot to it. So they sell, and I'm doing this off the top of my head because I didn't look it up. I can tell you. Is seven, it 7 and 11? 7 and 11, yes. Okay. So I call that the viewing area. So I tell yes. people, do you want to see 11? So in this case, inches this, of viewing this or is, 7? Yes, this is the system four and this is 11. And then just so that we can explain this whole solution to people so you choose your viewing area and then the the width is prescribed by your piece like you have to choose whatever works for your piece so, so these are technically called sidebars and these are roller bars right but viewing area makes a whole lot more sense i just call it the viewing area because that works for me but um but so to your point you've got the 11 there and so i think why you were enjoying that three tacked solution for the nutcrackers because you could see i understand what you're saying you could see over half of it really when you did that and there is not that solution with a scroll frame and honestly nor should it be that's not the point of the scroll frame the scroll frame is to keep it i think compact right right um and i think historically like anybody who stitched like for decades, this this was super duper common in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, and the difference with those, because people come in with those too, the difference with those is that they are not intended to be, I don't think, the system, I'm attached to the system for. Um, so those sidebars are gonna be a little different, the, the, the part, no? The ones that I used to have, I think I grew up using K's. Okay. And I think they're almost exactly the same. I don't know. There could be another one that I don't know. So one thing that, and to um, just to clarify, this happens to one of my customer's pieces um, that she was in with the other day and she left it for a reason. So this is not mine. So I'm just setting that out there in case she's watching. I borrowed your canvas, Beth to show off because it was on the scroll frame and I thought it was a good visual. So what I, um, and I don't know how well we're going to be able to see all this. This is going to be a little bit of a trial. So Megan and I and many other shops carry the system for, um, this is the travel mate stand. I'm going to just kind of lift it up. Um, and this is the stand. This is the extension arm, which is an, an add-on item. And this is the frame clamp. They also make like a Q-snap um, clamp for cross-stitchers. Um, I, I mean, we sell the frame clamp and the travel mate piece and the extension arm all separately, but the travel mate stand does you no good without a frame clamp. So and I'm just going to say one more thing while you're saying you are saying extension arm. We call it radius arm, and I'm, and I'm not sure what system four calls it. It might be the extension radius arm. And so you're using one term and I'm using the other, but just in case people are searching that. Yes. Um, but one other note. and I'm it, sorry, it may even be on my website as a radius arm. I think I call it extension arm because when I used to call it radius arm, people were like, what, what are you that? talking about? <laughs> so it's so, kind of like your viewing area, right? <laughs> so the radius arm comes standard with the table Last. stand. It's an additional piece for the floor and travel stands. Exactly. 
And if you're someone who has a lap stand, you can take that extension arm and the frame clamp and go back and forth. Yes. Um, we're not going to talk about the table stand or the lap stand today because they're not conducive to a large piece. Not really. No. I mean, it, it, it can be, but they're not ideal for a larger piece. Yes. So, um, and we're talking a system for just, uh, I'll give them a little plug. They um, have been on the podcast before and they have uh, contributed a very generous pointing it out podcast challenge prize. So um, last year, so we thank them for that. So um, what this frame clamp is not designed to do, but that I do with it is if you use it on the side of you, like this is right now, rather in front of you, I tend to use it more in front of me in a normal way, but you can 100% put this sidebar, hopefully you guys can still see me, into the frame clamp. There you go. If I were actually stitching on this, I'd lower, you know, I'd make some adjustments. It was more height appropriate, but yep. this is really stable. So it can be done this way if you are willing to do it from the side. So um, yeah. you also you you're also in perfect position for a next thing. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. You were in the perfect spot. Hold on. Yeah. What were you say? Stay right there. But what were you saying? Uh, well, I should have we should have backed up. There's no reason you have to use a stand at all with this. Like you can put it like lean it on a table. You can put it in your lap and use one hand. So scroll frames can totally be. 100% on their own. Um, but if you are someone who has a stand and wants to use their scroll frame, it is an option. So if anyone's looking at Melissa's piece there, I can see it, she can't. Um, turn it around, turn it around, turn it back around exactly how you had it. It has been basted, is the word, onto the little muslin piece on the scroll with floss, pearl cotton. I don't know what it is. It could be silk and ivory. It can be just about anything you have in your. This may be silk and ivory on this one. Don't know. So a basting stitch is just, it doesn't matter what it looks like. You just take a thicker needle and you just baste the canvas along. There you go. Baste it onto the piece of muslin or, or canvas, whatever uh, fabric, um, so that it can be taut when you roll it. Now, again, Melissa's going to disagree with me, I think, based on what we saw earlier in this podcast. I always make sure that the canvas is going to roll so that the outer side of it is on the outside of the roll so that you're going to roll it. Not like this. No, not like that. No, no. I was taught to do it like this. Now, if this were my canvas, though, I would have. Um, uh, I my. My mother-in-law for years and years and years got my husband a box of hankies every year. We have so many brand new, never out of the box oh, handkerchiefs so in our house. It's hysterical. So if this were mine, I would also on the bottom tab be pinning a handkerchief oh, and it okay. protecting it. So it's like the old fashioned gladware that your your press and yep. seal that you you I recommend on the other. I love it. But I was always taught to roll them this way. But I can see how the other way, the other thing that um, I did a little, I did a little research before we started. Um, we always put them on a scroll frame with the canvas underneath the twill and the twill on top. See, yeah, I and I saw on YouTube that most people do it the other way. So again, is there so a right or wrong? So that you're protecting. I'm just always worried about protecting 
because to me that that is going to once it gets stitched it's going to rub against your knee it's going to rub against you know whatever well in this case um this is Beth's and she's an outstanding stitcher and she's very, so it doesn't matter how she rolls her canvas <laughs> she's very so she will be doing from the top down so that it's rolled up here and the top isn't going to hit oh, anything that's Just, right uh, you're like I don't think unstitch this is going to be a problem I got you. So I guess what I'm just trying to do is point out all of the potential. Right there. And yeah. So um, when you, when you buy these, so we've talked about this a little bit, the, the sidebars come sevens and elevens and that determines your viewing area. Um, and the, the roller bars come 10 inches and then even inches from 16 to 26, there's oh, no man. 28, don't ask me why, and there's a 30. And this is from the needle, needle point system for needlework system for um, their line. Like uh, K's might have different sizes. All I can tell you is what system four has, because that's what we happen to carry. Um, so you buy your roller bars separately from your sidebars. And to Megan's point, your roller bar is determined based on the width of your canvas. So, excuse me while I reach down. I happen to have my backgammon board, which I've owned forever. And I got all inspired because of your backgammon party you had lately. It's so did fun. You learn, did you learn how to play? I did. I did. You know, as we do when we're managers or owners or whatever, you're kind of like worried about all the things, but I did stand by. I did. I do think that I could play if I were playing with someone who actually had a little more knowledge than I did. I think I could sit down and actually play. I do understand it. So thank okay. goodness. Ann Fisher uh, was our expert. And um, we had a couple of others in the group. We had 16 women came and played backgammon. And so it was a lot of fun, but so, and you want to know something you are very popular. So I don't know if you want to be like the cool kid in class or what, but that canvas sold the most of all of them. Every, everyone wanted the peacock canvas. Yeah, it's the best. I adore it. So in terms of the scroll frames, you want your twill on the bar to be slightly longer than your canvas. So um, in this case, ah, my frame's in the way. So it just sticks over a little, like maybe an inch on either side, a half inch on either side. So you want that part to be a little bit longer. I guess technically if you had a smaller canvas and you had a whole lot of extra twill, it wouldn't matter. It just would be a bigger piece than, you know, no one wants to carry around a giant frame if you don't have to, but I suppose you could go smaller. Right. Um, and historically, uh, people do sew it on, like we were just talking about. Again, when I was watching this, some of this YouTube video, and it was a, some cute European lady who, like, had probably stitched for like a hundred years, and she made a point. I was like, "That's really smart." She made a point that you want to um, make your basting stitches that go all the way across much tighter on the edges because oh. that's a point of stress. And I'm like. Oh, that's really logical. In other words, like go in and out closer. Correct. And then in the middle, you can kind of cheat and go a little bit more. I see. Okay. okay. Then she was also saying, which I think I kind of do um, in my head, but not um, technically. She makes a mark exactly halfway across the twill mm. and then makes a mark halfway across her canvas because the worst thing in the world is if you sew on the top and the bottom and you're like 
a little off kilter because you don't have your middle centered. Uh, okay. I thought, oh, I think I do that, but I do it more just visually, not quite so detaily. So yes. I thought that was a that was a good point. Um, so to me, the downsides of a scroll frame are it is not as tight, even though it's it doesn't stay as tight as long. So and hold so on one second before we do the downsides. So you were getting to the point where you said historically people base these on. So there's a new product. Oh, yeah, I did forget that. Because <laughs> I did a product out there and now I can't remember exactly what it's called. Hold on. Um, Julia Snyder has a product called Stick With and More. And it's, I mean, I'm just I don't have it in my hand to play with yet. I think Sorry, I'm actually, reaching for my scroll frame again. Velcro. So you know, on Velcro, there's the soft side and there's the loop hooky side that goes together. Um, but there are, I don't know, if you're a if you're a sewer, if you're a crafter, you know that there are different levels of Velcro. Like there's quick little tabby Velcro things. There's some you sew on. There's like industrial Velcro, like command strips are essentially kind of like Velcro that go together. But um, what and more I think has done, and I, I, hope that Julia watches this and corrects me if I'm wrong, is she's done a little research on more of a fabric type of stickiness, <laughs> technical term, and the correct width for stretcher bars and scroll frames. You, so you can't have this too wide or it won't fit. And it's, and it's adhesive, right? So it's sticky on the back and sticks to this. And then the other sticky goes on your, hmm, sorry. Crash, bang, boom. It's adhesive, but if you had your sewing machine out, you could technically run a, run a stitch down, a basting stitch down and sew that on so that it would be on there forevermore and it would be very taut. Um, but again, I have not gotten this product. We have pre-sold some, but I have not gotten it in my hand. And so I cannot tell you exactly, but I think it's pretty brilliant because um, I, number one, I think, I think the best use case is for a scroll frame. I think that her intention is for us also to be using them on regular stretcher bars. My verdict is out on whether that is a great solution or not. Um, it might be a really great solution to what you're doing, which is going back and forth, right? Sure. Um, because you're going to move it, make it really tight. I, I'm I'm still curious whether the surface area is enough to like get it like, like over, you know, to like get it taut enough. So um, I'm really excited about this new product and excited to test it out in all these scenarios. But right. I think it's, I and it's a rather inexpensive, I mean, I think we're selling them, let me just look, um, for both sides of it. Because again, you need the hooky so, end. So <laughs> um, we're selling it for $22 for a bit of each. And I should look and see about how many, I didn't write it down, how many, feet or, or inches or whatever. Um, but I think that it could be a really great uh, addition to your arsenal when it comes to moving back and forth on scroll frames, regular frames in hand, because it's not going to hurt anything just having that attached to the side of something. So, well, and so we're, we're jumping around a little bit, but um, I intentionally have not put this gorgeous backgammon board on this scroll frame because I talk very often about how I'm a lazy stitcher. So I detest, and that's probably one of the negatives for me for a scroll frame is I detest having to sew them on, which is ridiculous 
because it's like a one-time 10 minute, maybe 20 minute project and you're done for the whole life of that project. So why I'm such a baby about it, I can't tell you, but I really, it's just one of those things I just really don't enjoy doing. So I um, also have Julia's product on order. I also just ordered some um, from one of my notions manufacturers, some regular double-sided Velcro with adhesive. And I was going to try it on here. So good idea. I love it. I, you know, that nothing gives me more joy than when somebody comes in and says, I found this to do this with, like, let's be inventive about this craft. You know, yeah. I mean, what a great idea. Like, that's how I think a lot of the self-finishing things have come about. I think that's the way a lot of, a lot of products are developed because people are testing things out. So good for you. And I, th and I think people who use scroll frames regularly have been using this double-sided adhesive for a while. They're like, hello girls, where have you been? Exactly. So this is not <laughs> anything new and different. It's just new and different for me. And when I was thinking about it the other day and I had read that somewhere a while ago and I'm like, maybe I wouldn't hate scroll frames the way I should hate strong. Maybe I wouldn't not prefer a scroll frame if I didn't have to sew it on. Cause that's, that's a big stopping block, which is silly. Um, and if Liz is watching me, who works for me, she's laughing, laughing, laughing because she, you know, one of the benefits of being an owner is you can cast off the things you really don't want to do quite often. And um, I haven't put anything on a scroll frame as a shop girl in um, probably seven or eight years because I always con Liz into doing it for me. So thank you, Liz, because um, we do do it for our customers and uh, we're we as a shop are happy to do it for our customers. We as Melissa McLeod are happy to delegate it to one of the plus sets. I hear it. I hear it. And I don't do that very often. I take out the trash. I do a lot of other things. I clean the toilet. I do all sorts of things. Why I don't like doing this, I don't know. We digress. So, okay. Okay, so, so one of the other things that um, we have had at our shop for a long time, and you're going to maybe say to me, where do you get those? You're going to maybe say, I have those. These things, you know about these things? Oh yeah. That's like, I don't even, I tell people, if you want to ruin the tips of your fingers with those little wing nuts, that come with it. Off. but if you want to have a luxurious experience, get the plastic spinny thing. I don't even yeah. remember so, knobs. Like I was trying to, I was, we're doing a project with this for Beth, obviously, which is why we have this. And so I was explaining to someone what, what we need to do and all the steps and I'm doing part of it and she's doing part of it. And so I was unrolling it. So now it's not nearly as tight as when Beth brought it in. You can see it wiggling. So one of my jobs, jobs this weekend, which is going to take all of three seconds, is to tighten this up because I was trying to tighten it like this. And it really, it look at the dents in my fingers, like fingers. Yeah. So these just have a little bit more oomph to them. Um, what do you call these? Have a name for these? They're, they're plastic turn knobs, I think. Here's my PSA to system four. Increase the price a tiny bit and just include those darn things. Like, let's not have a separate product. Come on, guys. <laughs> so um, so I, I know that these are not from System 4, but they fit. Yes, they, they are. No, this particular item isn't because I can show you Gene Candler's writing on this too. I mean, oh, that's hilarious. I so see. Well, System 4 I, does sell them. That's how we get them. Good, because we've had gobs of them for a while, so I haven't had to order them. And I keep being like, what are we going to do when That's they run out? So funny. Yes. So, um, yeah. So these are knob is what they call them. If you, if and you it comes in a four pack. Okay. And we sell them. I don't know why. Singularly. Stupid. Okay. There we go. Well, these have been in my life. This is what I'm 
for a while. Um, so I'm glad I can still get them. Um, so they will save your hands for sure. So if you're getting scroll frames, invest in those for sure. Um, I also want to talk about scroll frames. So use them in, you can't use them with the table stand because the table stand, you can't really put it sideways and right. whatever, but you can use it with your system for stand, hold it in hand. Uh, and also use a frame on your table. Correct. So all those things are going to work. Um, if you have a system four and your piece is really large, like that backgammon piece is much larger than a stocking because it's wider. Yes. If it's wider than this, you put it in your frame clamp, it's still going to dip a little bit. It's, it's just engineering wise, not made for something that that is that long and that heavy hanging out the side of it. So system four does make a scroll frame attachment and we've sold it and I've never used it. Same. So I decided it was time, you know, put your money where your mouth you is. Buy one? I bought one nice. and I bought it. These are the two confessions everyone gets on the pointing out podcast. I bought it about six months ago. Never took and it. I just took it out of the plastic about an hour. Nice. nice. So when you buy the scroll frame attachment, it is designed to work with either the floor stand or the travel mate. Um, do you sell the floor stand or do you just sell the travel mate? We only sell the travel mate. I mean, we drop ship either, just like you do, um, but we stock the travel mate. Number one, because it's easier to store. And number two, I prefer it. And I, I prefer to sell what I really like. Yes. And so I am the same way. I just didn't want to like tell you why I did this and have you like, although we just ran things. So it's all okay. Um, I like the travel mate because to me, it's just as sturdy as the floor stand, but it breaks down and it's easier to take back and forth to different places. If you're traveling, you can put it into a carry on suitcase. I was just about to say, get the travel mate carry case. It will change your life. I love it. You can put the clamp in. It's the best. Yeah. Go ahead. So they carry their own little package, but if you even want to put it into like a little roller bag, it fits flat in your little roller bag. So, um, you know, if you're traveling, sometimes the needlepoint takes up more space than your clothes. And so maybe you don't need a separate bag. So in any event, um, it's very flexible and portable. So I um, did invest in this. So we're going to, we're going to do this together. I love so this frame attachment comes and I only slightly took it apart. So it comes with a set of roller bars and we'll talk about the sizing you and all have that. To choose your size when you order it, right? Unfortunately, you can't choose your size anymore. They changed that recently. So you because order this metal thingy and then you, okay, go ahead. I'm going to watch because I think I have so an idea. You order the metal thingy, our technical term as always, and the, the metal thingy, and I'll pick it up in a second, but I have to look at my notes because I don't have all these numbers in my brain. It, it expands and it gets wider and narrower, but only within a certain range. So there's three sizes. Uh -huh. There is a 12 to 20 inch. There is, and that comes with a set of 12 inch dowels. Yep. 
In the old days, meaning like two years ago, um, you could pick what size dowels came with it, but they found that with their um, the growth of Needlepoint and the growth of their business, that they had to have everything pre-packed and that was just right. the a la carte was a little too much. But so you come buy an additional set. Correct. So then you buy an additional set. So um, then it comes 18 to 30 and that comes with an 18 inch bars. And that's what I purchased based on my backgammon board. And it comes 24 to 40 that comes with a 30 inch bar. So in this case, I was trying to do it for my um, backgammon board, which I took a little- Because I'm not a math girl. So I'm confused. If the thing goes as far as, far as 40, but scroll frames and stretcher bars only come as far as 28. Mm -mm. The, the basic bars come to 28. The roller bars go up to, I think, yeah, I don't know what the top end is because I'm not brave enough to stitch something that big. <laughs> no, you'd have to do a rug and I, I can barely stitch an ornament at this moment. I talked to Jennifer this morning um, at System Forks. I just wanted to verify a couple things and checking checking my facts. And she's like, well, don't forget to tell people that we have the the roller, the scroll frame that works with a belt. And I'm like, oh yeah, nice. I would talk about that. But when I, we're talking about large projects, so I'm not going to, but there you go, Jennifer. I let people know. Mm -hmm. um, and Megan and I both stack those. I'm sure Megan does because she's the belt queen. Um, and they also do basically a similar attachment for a rug. And I said, Jennifer, I can't even get into that because I like to talk to things. I never think, Megan and I both say this all the time, we're not experts, but we only like to talk to things that we at least know a decent amount about. <laughs> and I know nothing about stitching a rug. So we're not going to go there, but there is, so there's basically three sizes for the scroll frame attachment, but there's basically like this ginormous rug sized for the very brave and Go to their website, check it out. Megan and I will be happy to order it for you and cheer you on. Um, but yeah. So this scroll frame attachment comes with, in this case, it came with 18 inch bars and it comes with sidebars. I did not measure these. I'm assuming that these are 11 inches because they look about the same size as that one I just had. Let's see. Nope. Yes, they are. They're 11 inches. So these are the sidebars that come. And also the they have a hole, a different, a hole that you can. So the 11s, you can go down to seven. Do you see that? Yeah. Yes. There? Okay. So you could actually, well, you could do that size or that size, right? Huh? Yeah, that's it. Um, and then it comes with, and I put one of these on already. Um, and then this is the scroll frame attachment itself. Mm -hmm. So, and then. Here's where you get your different widths. Yep. So that's what. So this is the 18 to 30, and that's based on the fact that I needed 22 inch roller bars to go on my what is probably 18 inches wide backgammon board. Yep. I'm, so this gets smaller and bigger. This piece with the little grooves, this whole contraption replaces your frame clamp. So if you own the system four. You're gonna unspin your turn knobs. They do have this turn, nice turn knobs on this, right? And and I think they are all the same ones that you can use on the other things. So if you oh, they the same exact thing. I yeah, those the ones that I've had historically look a little different, but they're the exact same thing. Sorry, I'm still turning. 
No, I'm going to, I'm going to provide a little commentary with the turning because the one thing you have to make sure you do with your system four, and you can keep going, keep going, keep moving. This is going to be my next, I was going to point that groove out. To groove, groove to groove, yes. get your groove on. So um, system four, uh, the scroll frame attachment, the floor stand, the lap stand, they're not inexpensive. They are uh, engineering phenomenon in my eyes. So the other thing that they, that you are also paying for is they have a lifetime warranty. So the only thing that can void your warranty is if you put this on, if I were to put this on, so I, this silver part, you'll have to, you'll have to uh, believe me, this is the grooved part. Yeah. Because on this the other side, side is a smooth. Yeah. We got you. So if I were to put the smooth metal against the grooved side on the travel mate stand, that could void my warranty. Other than that, they'll pretty much fix anything that you do. As a matter of fact, Jennifer said, I got one the other day. I swear to Lord, it seemed like they ran their car over it. <laughs> she's but like, she in that it. case, we did have a small charge, but she said, most of the time, you know, it's a lifetime warranty. They'll fix it. I've ne never had to have fix anything. So you're going to put this on groove to groove. So we've covered that. But one other thing I want to do really fast because one of the reasons I called Jennifer and I, if I hadn't have, you know, Megan and I also talk about this all the time. We don't really plan ahead very well. This is not our forte. We're small business owners. We we're really good at punting. So I pulled this whole thing out about a half hour before we were going to go live. And I was like, okay, the position of this little bar and where this little wing nut is doesn't make sense. I'm like, so I tried to turn this and I'm like, I can't turn it, Jennifer. Like, do I actually have to get out like a real tool? Like, I, I don't want to do that. She's like, no, no, no. So lay it flat on a desk or a floor. Okay. And you're going to unscrew this guy. And I'm sorry, the camera angles are not great, but I'm um, hopefully you you're guys can. Great. This is good. I'm following. Okay, so you're going to unscrew this guy. You're going to take him all the way out. I did this on the other side already. I thought we didn't need to do it twice. So um, this is going to come all the way out. Come along, come along, come along. And then you're going to, sorry, I'm going to try to put this down. Make a lot of noise. You're going to put this, is this the right way? Hold on. You're going to put this into the hole. So line that guy up. And then you're going to line up this little square with your square in your hole. Like that part's kind of obvious, but she said, if you try to do it without putting it through first, people have a problem. So then what you're goes, doing is you're doing your viewing area. You're, you're adding the viewing area onto your like little thingy before you're putting the scroll bar on there. Right. You're, you're attaching the sidebars. So once, um, sorry, once this is screwed in, I'm here. I'm excited. I thought you're doing a demo. I didn't know we were doing a demo today. I'm here for it. Well, you know, I figure if if I had to call Jennifer and figure this out, like somebody else is going to have to. So why not? Right. That's so, it. Nice work. I'm not going to do a very good job, though. Normally, this would screw all the way in. So okay. there's a gap. It's because I didn't do it well. Yep. It was really easy on this side because I wasn't doing it live. Once that's on there. Then, you know, how I said it earlier, I couldn't turn this little silver bar. Once that's on there, they turn really easily. Got it. So, they turn kind of like your clamp turns. Yes. 
So you just needed the leverage of the sidebar on there to get this to turn. And I really would like this going because there's one other thing I would like to show everybody. But um, maybe it's on, no, I'm so sorry. Um, it's good. I like this because this is, you have to work for this stuff. You're doing a good job. Okay, there we go. So that I think is now on there. So would it be easier if that was attached to your thingy so that you wouldn't have to be holding Maybe. it? Maybe. I'm just trying to make it so people can see. So yeah, in real life, it might be easier. So now I'm going to, I almost did it the wrong way. I'm gonna no, like, I almost, almost stopped you. Try not to clock myself. You know, I'm also one-eyed, so there's a lot of danger going on here. <laughs> so you're going to pop this guy in here and put your... You know what? Mostly people are stitching while they're doing this. So they're just getting in a few extra stitches and maybe an opportunity to do a little counting. Or maybe laughing at me because that's I'm what I'm looking at you. I think they're, I'm pleased with getting a little demo. I think it's perfect. Okay. So now this guy's on. So your sidebars are here. I'm going to turn this so you guys can see this. So now this is all attached. So I have my radius arm. You don't necessarily need your radius arm or your extension arm. But I always think it gives you a little bit more flexibility. Oh, so you're going to do radius arm to think. Okay. And, and oh, I talked to Jennifer about that and she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. She's like, there's, you don't have to have the radius arm to use the scroll bar. Well, and I'm really bad at physics, but the thing, the thing, the, the kind of like the foot of the thing that comes out is so long and it always annoys me. But I think the reason they do that is for physics so that it's like very balanced. Yes, because it does. It's not wobbly. If your frame, if your system for a travel mate is ever wobbly, it's usually because ah, I just got my notebook. You need to tighten because you need to tighten a a thing knobs at the foot of it. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, let's see if I can get this to work. You guys might get a little view of my doggies too. I don't know. Um, so these are your sidebars, and then you're gonna slide this out in your. We're going to pretend that I have my double-sided adhesive already, and then your roller bars are going to go into the top of this. And so you're going to make this, it slides out to be just a little bit wider. And So I have one more question. So, okay, you're going to get that on there and all. So I don't know how to say this. You're going to stitch your backgammon board how? Like you're going to stitch it like, like what's the square, what's the top of a backgammon board? Well, the, I was gonna, the, the thing with the backgammon board is there's no top or bottom, right? Yeah, I mean, so you're going to choose, choose whether like that's your upper right-hand corner or the other one's your upper right-hand corner, right? And I could, I, I could put, get wider roller bars and I probably wouldn't have had to buy a wider thing and I didn't want it to be that big. I so see. I'm going to stitch it this way with my stitches going this okay. way, I think. Okay, all right. I have because, had again, I, me and not understand when I talk about the like the the way to stitch a belt. Um, and you know, belt selvage is on either end. So technically, a upper right hand corner of a belt is long and up here. But a lot of people flip it this way and they do it the narrow way. And I don't, I don't. I mean, again, there is no needlepoint police. But like, the right way to do it would be to do it long end up here in the corner. I agree. This would probably be a better solution. I'm probably going to do it this way. Yeah, because and I'm just saying, I'm just talking it out loud just to prove the point that it doesn't make oh, I, I thought through this, you know, like eight months ago when I ordered this thing. Sure, sure. Um, and it would, I think, be better to do it this way, but it's just that much bigger. Again, 
way, it's going to be a little hard to. It's true. And you're also going to, your canvas is going to be more taut if there's more canvas to scroll. Mm, good point. So it's, it's just going to torque it. it I don't know. I'm not a physicist. I'm not a chemist. I'm not any of these things, but I think common sense. <laughs> Give me so we're we're going to pretend, and I'm just going to show you guys this really fast because this is one key thing that Jennifer's like, sometimes people forget this. So, you know, when you have, um, if you're using the frame clamp, if you're a system four user, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of at a weird angle, but um, you, that frame clamp flips over. So you can flip your canvas to the back, bury your threads and all that. So once your roller bars are into this situation, and we're of course pretending that my canvas is on here, mm -hmm. um, you're just gonna pop this in here, put your little wing nuts back on. Maybe you're gonna upgrade to the fancy ones. Did you turn knob? Uh, so then this keeps ah, trying to get it to slide together. Come on, I, I put it at its widest and now it doesn't wanna go smaller for me. Slide this in, get this on here, and I don't have to put the bottom one on. We're gonna pretend the canvas is on here. We're gonna pretend the bottom roller bar is on here. And as you go stitching along, I'm on Melissa. This is where you guys really can tell my lack of coordination. Okay, once this is on here, you're stitching along, you need to bury your thread. Oh, amazing, amazing. I know it's, it's just an engineering feat. If this is too low for this chair you're sitting in, you can loosen this, make yep. it come flatter. Like the the adjustability is that a word? I don't know if that's a word. it is. And 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 also the 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 body of that is telescoping, and so you can go up and down with the other thing you too. So you can get it any height. This is not a paid advertisement for System oh. Four, but it's starting to sound like it. So, <laughs> but well, we're big advocates. <laughs> to my knowledge, and I, I could be wrong because many times I am. Um, I don't know of another scroll frame attachment that is designed to go on a floor stand. I don't know either. Hayes may have one. I don't think Lowry's does. Um, I don't know, but this is a company that I think, um, builds a really nice product and, um, and they're thoughtful about it and they're very good with their customer service. So I think that's why we're cheerleaders for it. So, and when I called Jennifer and I said, she's like, well, I can send you a video. And I said, well, yeah, but I'm filming the podcast in like 20 minutes. Could you just talk me through it? Cause I don't think it's that hard. And what my question about when she said, just put these sidebars on and then you can turn the silver things very easily because you've got more leverage. That's really all I needed to know. The rest was very logical. Gotcha. Um, and she said, well, if anybody has any troubles, you have them call me. Like, I mean, their their customer service is outstanding. No so, um, Yeah, so that this is how I will be stitching my very large, beautiful Ann Fisher backgammon canvas. And my stitches might go the wrong way, depending on which side of the table you're sitting on. And I'm going to get over it because I'm going to have a much more enjoyable experience stitching it in this direction than the other direction. So that was a very, very valid question. And I'm bending down because in the midst of all this, I dropped my notebook and I just want to see if there's anything we forgot. Well, I think what you're doing is you're illustrating a really great way to manage a really large project. And 
the point that you also made earlier is when we say large project, like large project project is all relative to what you're working on. Um, this is very large for me. And that's what I was going to say. And so, you know, I have a, I should have pulled it out, but you know, it's like an 18 by nine or something like more of like a lumbar pillow size. And to me, that's large. Um, but I think it all depends on like what you're able to manage for yourself and there's just options. And so whether you're working on something that feels large for you and you, and that you're new to, to stretcher bars, then I think we've done a good job of trying to give people some ideas for that. I think what we're also trying to say is like backgammon board rug, you know, this, the story continues and there are some options for that. And there are some ways that you can manage that be able to tackle it in a way that feels both comfortable to manage like in your arms, um, but also comfortable to manage for your stitching. So, um, you know, as always, we want people to give us feedback. So if we have oh, one other idea, one other thing that I like about this system is these roller bars are the same exact thing you would put on the wood sidebars. Oh, sure. Yes. So if I was working on this at home and cruising along and suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm going to the cottage in like 10 minutes. All I have to do is pull out, take the roller bars off, pull out my wood sidebars. And now it's completely travelable without bringing the whole stand. Exactly. Well, maybe you I wouldn't do. travel with a rug, but maybe you are traveling with a stocking that could go back and forth onto or off of the stand. And the flexibility of that, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the slidey part. <laughs> <laughs> gives you a one, yeah it gives you like a one-stop option for like changing things out so yeah. i'm i'm here for it i'm like ready to start some really large projects so i can get the accoutrements well i have owned this um backgammon board uh, maybe for three years and it hasn't started yet actually peggy mcdonald who is a good friend of both of our shops um could tell me how long i've had it because we bought it at the same time and she is an actuary. So she's, you, you think I'm a numbers girl, Peggy's like out of control. And I say that in all the best ways. Um, and so she's like, well, I figured out if we did like three strands a night and she starts telling me like how many nights it's going to take it, take us and we're going to do it together. And so we still keep talking about stitching it together. So Peggy, if you're watching, um, at do least girl. can I do it too? I want to play. Yeah. You know, I so, have in the most obnoxious way, because I want to do everything and then I can't do it. I know. I was going to show you guys, as long as we're, you know, advertising for Ann Fisher, we might as well keep going. She also makes little backgammon cups that go with yeah. it. Now, I could start the cups. This is really small and easy. But anyway, okay. I've got this to roll too. So I'm excited about it. So, well, I have honestly learned a lot just having this conversation with you. So it's been fun to kind of talk here and here and there about how we handle these big projects. And um, I didn't have any samples, but I, I'll say that my large project experience is mostly on stretcher bars. I have not ventured outside of the stretcher bar length uh, because that just terrifies me. But those of you who have, I admire those rugs. We have some in for finishing that are amazing tree skirts. I have like dreams of tree skirts, dreams of grandeur. And I hope this gives people some inspiration. Sure. It's exciting. Every time I go to market and Maggie is there for those of you oh. who have been around for a long time, she has a huge line and you walk into her room. And if it's kind of a quiet moment, she'll be on her couch with her like four foot by six foot rug 
all folded into squares in her little a, body, just sitting there doing her little and you know, slow. And and I, the ritual. I can't, I, I wish I could remember. She's told me before, like how many rugs she stitched. She's always stitching a rug. And I'm like, okay, I'm always stitching an ornament. Does that count? <laughs> I don't know. Well, as you remember, both of us are busy shop owners and hoping to support all different areas of the business, which includes trying new threads and trying new stitches and trying new canvases. And so we can't be too hard on ourselves. But you know, I come home from every, every market saying I almost bought a rug. And then all my buddies at the shop are like, you're insane. You'll never finish it. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I know. Maybe we're taking rug canvases with us on that retirement cruise we've talked about. Yes, but then we can just sit and like not have to think because in my opinion, a rug canvas is mostly going to be basket weave, but it's going to be all about maybe having a glass of wine and talking, which I think okay. sounds fabulous. Exactly so. right. Sounds like a great way to retire. Good. Well, whether you are retired and stitching rugs or whether you are a young person starting a family and stitching stockings, we hope that you have gathered some inspiration and some good tips from this large project stitching extravaganza. Uh, I love that word extravaganza. Um, but we love having you here. Thank you for continuing to watch us here on the Pointing It Out podcast. And as always, please, please, if you have not already, hit that subscribe button and follow along for all of the stitching fun. And um, we'll be back with you again in another week or so, right? Two weeks. It's every two weeks. Every two weeks. All right. Don't rush us. That's right. <laughs> We're doing the best we can, as always. So have a great day. Thank Good you. Spend time with you. You too. Bye. Bye. Putting It Out podcast is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, please visit us on Instagram at Pointing It Out Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pointing It Out Podcast. Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.